You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. What does it take to be an entrepreneur and how is it changing in our ever-evolving business landscape? This is Scott Galloway, host of the Prop G Podcast and an entrepreneur myself. Right now, we've got a special three-part series running all about the future of entrepreneurship. We're answering your questions on work-life balance, how to raise capital for your business, and more. Because when you're an entrepreneur, it's always important to look ahead at what's to come. So tune in to the Future of Entrepreneurship, a Prop G Pod special sponsored by Mercury. You can find it on the Prop G Pod feed or wherever you get your podcasts. What you're about to hear is an unscripted, one-time counseling session focused on work. For the purposes of maintaining confidentiality, names, employers, and other identifiable characteristics have been removed but their voices and their stories are real. We get along really great. Uh, we just, we've um, had issues. I've had a couple of affairs. We've filed for divorce. We aren't really doing that now. It's kind of just at a standstill. Mm -hmm. And when you work together, how would you describe your working relationship? It's good. Um, we both know each other's strengths and weaknesses. So, like, I know I'm not good at the things that she's good at. And, um, and I know that she's exceptionally really good at what she does. This couple has been together for about a decade, and they own a winery and a restaurant. Their relationship, their intimate relationship, is in shambles. Their business relationship works. But at this moment, it's also very clear to them that unless they are able to save their marriage, most likely they will not remain business partners. I just, I feel continually undermined. The job has always been that place where I've been needed and I feel important. A lot of the people that work for me are like an extension of my family. There's no doubt that your emotional and relational dowry comes with you to work. Imagine going to work every day in a really busy place and no one will make eye contact with you. I mean, it feels like a breakup. It doesn't feel. <laughs> it is. <laughs> so, how's work? We have not lived together in, gosh, two years? in two years. We were sort of just working together, um, not cohabitating at all. And why, what happened then? That's the first affair? No, that, well, it was the second, but the first affair happened before we started the business. Um, the second affair happened during the start of the business. He moved out during that. So you have not lived together for two years, mm -hmm. and you meet outside of work? 
you have a yeah. relationship outside of work as yeah we'll have dinner together or like he'll come over um we do have conversations about our relationship alone together um it's kind of how it operates right now and when you talk about your relationship what do you talk about either where we're going how we're going to grow the the things that have happened um as far as communication goes we haven't communicated well and so just trying to have more honest conversations with each other i don't know about like about everything but you primarily process it and think about it or you live it in your business you're living it mm-hmm. you have obviously invested energy creativity um direction vision you name it in your personal relationship you invest or you just do um audits yeah. i don't know i mean I, i try to invest as much as i can but we don't we really don't spend that much time together at all so um any time that that i would like to spend more time together um he definitely pulls back a lot or becomes triggered more easily so it's sort of like i have to pick and choose a little bit and you feel on probation yeah yeah i never thought of it like that but yeah like if you behave badly he takes a few more steps and uh, and takes a 9 hour drive <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah that's how he punishes you or that's how he protects himself I, exactly yes going with the direction i don't think it, yeah right. yeah definitely is how he protects himself and the question that you both have is what where is our relationship going yeah right now i don't know any direction of anything right but is is that the question you know that your business is going so that's a given then you have to decide where is our relationship going and then you have to decide if regardless of which direction it takes if you will continue to work together mm-hmm. right that's kind of the pieces you clearly want her to work with you you're not sure you want to live with her you're not sure you want to be in a romantic relationship or you're not sure which kind of relationship you want to have with her um like when we had filed for divorce i um basically for me at that point i said i'm just i'm not going to get myself locked into another monogamous relationship it's i i fail at them all the time it would be a better option for me just to this is your first marriage second um, and the same thing happened the first time around huh? yeah with other factors as well um can I ask you how old you were how old i am now 38 And you? 31. Yeah, I got married when I was 21. The first time. Um I'm really good at keeping secrets, but I don't like to keep secrets. It's a lot of pressure. So I thought it would just be better to um just live that life. 
like an open relationship life. While a lot of me feels at this point, I don't know that it's something that um, she can be okay with. Like we've been going to counseling for months and I, I don't feel that anything's heading in that direction, personally. She wants what? Uh, move back in, you know, like I feel like she just wants everything to go back to what it was, like just, you know, our... Can you, you can talk to her about <laughs> Our monogamous relationship, um, you know, and just back to normal, like what we would call normal. And, um, and I don't want that. What will happen is I'm going to go out and I will do the exact same thing again. And uh, it's too much work to keep a secret like that. I'm not gonna do it anymore. Because it's too much work or because it's so, so hurtful? Both, both. I know it hurts her. But I'm gonna go back to what you described before. What have you been doing for these two years? In the personal relationship? Mm -hmm. Just kind of existing. Like we would we'll hang out, go do things, um, go out to dinner, come to the city, you know, just stuff. And what are you holding on to? For me, it's, um, it feels like freedom. Like it feels like I don't have to do what someone else wants me to do. But I get that. But that doesn't tell me why you're doing, if, if that's so clear to you, why are you dragging this for two years? I tried to get divorced. Mm-hmm. Filed for it, did everything. Yes. Um, she asked me not to. I think that he did not go through with the divorce because on some level he's not ready yet to let her go from the business. But that is never said explicitly, and I don't have a proof of that. That is just my sense. But you seem to be very clear in your business life. Nobody pushes you around. You do what you want. You've, it's been a major principle of your life. Mm. What's different here? Um, I love her. I don't love the business. I mean, I started saying that a little bit. It was a good lesson for me to learn. Because when, when that first business that I had that I did love so much, I really, like, I remember the feeling, like, just, like, I, it felt like a thing that I was literally had love for. And when it all ended, I realized that it never loved me back, and it never would. So I kind of grounded myself on the principles that a business and money will never love you back. So don't fall in love with either one of those. So I'm much more, I just treat it like a thing. More successful because of it too. But I can't do that to her. Because with her? Because I care about her. Because I do love her. But... Um, you can talk to her, you know? She, she knows all this. <laughs> yes, but it's like she's sitting right next to you. So. <laughs> yeah, so it's weird to me, though. <laughs> no, but I mean, I, I, I do love you. It's just, um, 
my biggest hang up at this point is that we're just going to continue to like go to counseling and like talk about the idea of all this stuff, but never actually put anything into play. You know what I mean? Because the personal aspect, from what I understand, is on life support. You could say that, I guess. You're trying to make sure that it doesn't die. Mm. But it is in a state of survival. It's not thriving. I mean, you can yeah. actually compare immediately because you leave your house, you go to your shop, and in your shop, in your business, you immediately see what energy does. And that energy is not coming home. In the situation of stable ambiguity, which is a term that my colleague Terry Real often uses, one can see two people that are too immature to make or to remake a commitment, but also too afraid to let go and go out on their own. So it's stable, but it is completely ambiguous. Hence, they've spent two years talking about the relationship, auditing it versus being in it or investing in it. And they know the difference because it's exactly the opposite of what they have done in their business, which of course is a successful business by virtue of the fact that they invested a lot in there. All kinds of resources that they don't know how to bring into their own private sphere. I know that I can go home to her. I know that I can invest all my energy into her. And for a long time, that's what I did. But I also know myself well enough to know that I'm going to do the exact same things that I've done in the past. And that is what? I'm going to have more affairs. Because what do they mean for you? Um, for the eight years that we lived together, there was never really a time that she came to me for sex. It was always me coming to her. And that, for me, that makes me feel unattractive. Like, you know, why? Because I've had other women come at me for it, and that feels great. But, you know, so for, for eight years, not to not have someone pursue you is, after a while, it doesn't take a whole lot for another woman to say, oh, hey, you know, I really think you're hot and I want to do this and this and this to you. And you're like, okay, that sounds great. And now, what's your experience with her? Sexually? Are you intimate together? Are you sexual mm, together? Not really, no. Because? Yeah. Um, we both decided it's um, too complicated right now to include that we tried. Um, it made things very uncomfortable. Um, Explain. Um, we had sex a while ago and it was, um, it seemed to create more problems than it solved. Meaning? Um, she was very upset about it for a long time. Like, um, it, on her side, she wanted to talk about it nonstop and 
for me, it was turning into such a big ordeal that it was like, wow, like I wish I'd never done it in the first place because it's now like all we do is talk. That's all we talk about. And um, so it finally came to a point where she just said, we just need to make a decision if we're going to have sex or we're not going to have sex. And I said, I don't think we should because it's too, it's too much of a production. Like it became too big of a thing. Like, and it just, it was more discomfort for me than it was even worth doing. Um, <laughs> I wanted to, I tried to have a conversation with him about us and sex a few times. Um, in the past few months. And they were, each time I had that conversation, he was extremely uncomfortable. Like, um, he could, he just, he didn't want to talk about it at all. Um, and so that was kind of just where it left off. Like, I didn't want to push him too far. And if and you approach him, not talking? I don't. I didn't even think of to just approach him. Like I, I felt like because we hadn't had sex in so long that we there should be a conversation about it beforehand. <laughs> that was my thought process. <laughs> What a strange idea. The strange thought I'm referring to is that two people talking about all the obstacles and all the reasons for why they don't want to be together doesn't always lead them to then want to be together. At some point, you need to reach out if you want something to happen. And just talking about why you're not reaching out doesn't make that happen. At the same time, part of why she wants to talk about the sexual encounter that they had is because for her, it changes who is coming to work the next day. Is she still the wife? Is she the business partner? Do they have a romantic relationship? Do they have an intimacy with each other? Or are they just discussing project staffing and spreadsheets? So you're sitting here, you hold hands as if you know your life depended on it from the moment you walked in, but you're not going to be sexual, yet you're not going to let yourself be too interested at this point in other people, if I understood you correct? Yeah, she asked me not to be. So. All right, so you're going to choke on your own juices here. This doesn't make sense. And you have a couple's therapist as a way to kind of maintain the life support so that it doesn't really come to a resolution in one direction or another. And the business is doing really well, <laughs> but not the relationship. And it's two years of this. Mm -hmm. So what are you going to do? Because this is not viable. It's like talking about opening a business, but not doing it. Hmm. You either are in your relationship, you're in your marriage, the same way that you're in your shop, and then you act accordingly rather than observing it together, analyzing it, taking it apart, and squeezing the life out of it. Yeah? Mm -hmm. At this point, Who knows where he's at, and he may just be, this is way too complicated. We don't completely understand why you keep going home for dinners or come to the city or do all. I mean, of course you do them because you enjoy her and because you're attached to her. But in a way, neither of you is allowed to move. Mm -hmm. Everybody here 
has to wait. And somehow you're able to keep that separate from the shop. And on occasion, you have an argument that kind of brings energy, a bit of friction. Otherwise, the whole thing is rather, huh. Mm -hmm. So, does that capture it? Or am I missing pieces? No, no I think that's, yeah. Nailed it. Huh? <laughs> Nailed it. Okay. And you're more attached than you would like to be. Yes, mm -hmm. not because you don't want to be attached, but you're more attached than is comfortable for just getting up and going. Mm -hmm. Because if you were clearly decided, you would have pursued with the divorce. You know, in, in the realm of, <laughs> of emotions, you're used to leaving it to the women, basically. <laughs> and um. then you present yourself as <laughs> cool guy. Mm. And it's a fake image, by the way. There's lots of things happening inside of you. And it's great. And why do I say that? Mm -hmm. Because non-monogamy is not an answer to those things. It may be a life choice for a lot of things, but it doesn't resolve this quagmire you're in. Oh, I know. We, we, it's like two different stories. Mm -hmm. What was your goal? Esther just made such a good point about um I, I like have just been like and and I think you have too kind of just like just just treading water waiting for something to happen but it's not just gonna happen like we actually have to yeah. live it and do it and make it happen not in five years from now like putting action to things is what. What would the action you would want to see? Um, a commitment. The security. Like I don't, I don't have any of that right now. I don't, I don't want you to come. Just come home right now. Like I've said that before. Like I don't, like I don't. I don't want that right now. I don't I don't know if I even want that necessarily permanently, but I I want like I want the time to be able to 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 actually f live it like when you just are at work or by yourself. We kind of just, nothing happens. Just kind of sitting, waiting around. For you? Yeah. So your whole life is pretty much waiting for him to figure out what he's gonna do? A lot of it is, yeah. And your employees as well? I imagine it's a small shop, so people are not even your employees. You don't maybe even call them like that. You, no, you yeah. have a much more personalized relationship with them. And they have lived the saga of the owners for the last two years? Well, the, last, the last few months anyway. But not, not a, I wouldn't call it a saga, but maybe a walking on eggshells a little bit, just not. 
maybe a little lack of security in them as well. Like, where is this business going? Mm -hmm. What will happen to it mm -hmm. if they stay together or if they don't, particularly if they don't stay together? Mm -hmm. um, I was very blunt with everybody um, when I told them that we were getting divorced. And, you know, obviously everybody asks why. And I'm, I've become a fan of just laying it out there. So I just said I had an affair and that's that. And because um, if you don't answer it, then just rumors start. So we keep a very um, open workspace where people feel comfortable. Like I've always told everyone, you can tell me whatever you want. So a lot of people, you know, called me an asshole and stuff like that. And I let them vent it out on me and get it out. And it's like, that's fine. You know, you can, it's, um, it's okay. You know, like they can, they can feel however they need to feel. When a married couple are also business owners and they're going through major tumult. The idea that their staff is not affected by it is not that different from parents who are going through divorce and think that their children are not affected. It just doesn't work this way. And you want to stay in this shop? I do. Regardless of what happens between the two of you? Um, at this point, yeah, I do. Because? Because I'm proud of it, because I worked so hard for it, because um, I'm really good at it. She is. Really good at it. We are a really good team there. Like, I, I couldn't imagine working with anybody else or bringing anybody else in. Like and you can't bring any feel. of that great team in That's what I would set like of to do to your romantic to our, relationship? Yeah, I would really like to do that. And what would it take? For me, like I'm doing it, like I'm trying, like I'm supporting him. I've, I, I feel like I, I don't know how much more I can do as far as. Actually, what you need to do is probably less for him. Is to have a life of your own as well. Mm -hmm. Do you have any? I'm trying. <laughs> I really am. I, um, I do. I'm not. I don't go to the business on the weekends, and so I always, I do my stuff, which is good. I don't know. I, I want to talk shop and I want to talk sex. Because the sex for him is a major part of why the relationship is fraught. And, and the shop becomes one of the main ways in which you stay connected when you lack the other connections. Which one are we doing first? We can talk about the shop. First. Sure. Go you ahead. You were going to pick ahead. the other. Go ahead. What? You were going to yeah, pick the can... other. Shop is fine. Let's shop away. <laughs> um, I always get so emotional about it because it just is like I've never had such a a, a partnership like 
that we have in our business. Never had that anywhere else. And it, it, is a, it is a little sad that it's not in our romantic relationship. But, like, in business, it's so, like, special to me. Mm-hmm. Whose business is it? Ours. But if you were to split, he would keep it. I actually don't care. <laughs> That's what we... I honestly don't care. When we were getting when we were doing our divorce stuff, they told her, Why don't you and your mom take it? <clears throat> you guys can run the whole thing. Like, I don't care. I don't care about it at all. Like I'm not afraid to walk away from it all. Because I know I can just start it all over again and in two years, I'll be back where I'm, where I'm at now. I, I feel like she is... Talk to her. I feel like you're where I was with my first business. You're in love with it. Like You're in love with this thing that doesn't care about you at all. <clears throat> I know you love it, <clears throat> but um, it's never going to love you back. The way that he sees her love for their business as similar to the way he once was in love with his company is a little too facile. Because what he's omitting, as well for himself as for her, is that when you start a new company and you pour your soul in it, your heart in it, you give it your best, you are indeed passionate about it. In a way, you feel erotic, meaning you feel imaginative, alive, present, focused, curious, engaged, and all of those erotic ingredients, you know, of liveliness and aliveness uh, are part of what gives you a sense of identity, a sense of self-worth, a sense of accomplishment, and those need to be acknowledged for what they are as well. I think that you are, you are associating those emotions and wanting to connect with me through that. I don't know that it's the business itself. I think that you're using that as an avenue towards me. But it's two completely separate things. Like there's that thing that has its own identity and then there's our relationship. You know, I could sit here and rattle off a thousand things that I enjoy doing with you, that I miss doing with you, but there's also the whole picture of like my feelings towards you, which aren't what they ought to be. And, uh, and that sucks. And I've said it to so many people, I wish I was just crazy about you. Like I wish I just wanted to attack you all the time. But it's like, I don't, but I wish I did. I don't. And it's like, you know, and, and I just feel like, I feel like what, for me, I'm hopeful that I would, but I don't know how to get there. You're hopeful that you would become crazy about her? Yeah. I would love that if I was just like... Right, but for that you would need to feel that she doesn't just love working with you, but that she also loves making love to you. Yeah, and I don't... I mean, like, 
when it comes to the actual sex side of things. Now, I'm not like, talking about the act. I'm talking about being desired. Yeah, I need right? to be desired. You feel that she cares deeply. You feel even that she loves. You feel that she admires you in your work. You feel that she deeply appreciates the professional partnership, the creative partnership, the business partner, the excitement of that. But mm. she doesn't get excited about you in the desire part. No. And that's what this is about. She says she does. Like, she says she does, but there's, you know, in 10 years, there really hasn't been a time where that was shown. I mean, to me, like, the, like, just being asked, when are, you, when are we going to have sex again, isn't really sexy. Like, there's nothing like that. That's what would be said to me. Like, like we'd go so long without having sex, and then it would just be... When are we going to have sex again? And I'm like, it's not my job. Like, you want it? Get it. Do something to get it. And that's... And, it's, and it's, it's been... And that was like... It's not even just that, though. Like, I mean, there's like a whole array of things. And I love that she's out doing her own thing now. Because the dependency that I felt in the past was just overwhelming. It's like... It's hard enough for me to live my life. I don't want to live your life for you too. And you know, it, it's like back then, like when we were in a relationship, it was like, you know, I'm hungry. Okay, what would you like? I don't know. Okay, how about here? No. How about here? No. How about here? How about you know? It's like, like I just felt like all of everything that she did hinged on me, like, and I had to make every single decision for us. Like every once in a while, she'd be like. I want to go here. And it's like, oh, thank fucking God. She wants to go somewhere. Like, I don't have to be the one. I don't have to be the provider right now. It's a lot of work is what it is. Like, and it's not, it's not fun work either. You know, it's just like, I just always felt like it was like, here's my problem. What are you going to do about it? And it's like, nothing. I'm done doing anything about it. I'm not going to do anything about it at all. Sure, you've heard stuff like that before. But I'm glad to finally hear you say it. I've said it. Because it's the first time I actually am experiencing some energy from you. I get myself charged up here and there. Huh? Well, I get charged up here and there. Good. That's probably much better. Because the lifeless version of the I'm cool, I'm Teflon, everything rolls off me met with her tears is a deadly potion. It really, it, you won't survive this. You can do another two years of it, but you, it, it, you won't recharge. You need to recharge batteries, if at all. Mm -hmm. Okay? So I am very pleased to finally see you express something with energy. Vacations can be tricky. You already know how to book flights and hotels, but now the only thing you're missing is, you know, the actual travel experience. Because is it really a vacation if you're just sitting around like you would at home? You need a tool to get the most out of your time away. That's where Viator steps in. You can book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. 
so you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who already been on the experiences you're considering, so you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected, and 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. What does it take to be an entrepreneur and how is it changing in our ever-evolving business landscape? This is Scott Galloway, host of the Prop G Podcast and an entrepreneur myself. Right now, we've got a special three-part series running all about the future of entrepreneurship. We're answering your questions on work-life balance, how to raise capital for your business, and more. Because when you're an entrepreneur, it's always important to look ahead at what's to come. So tune in to the future of entrepreneurship of Prop G Pod, special sponsored by Mercury. You can find it on the Prop G Pod feed or wherever you get your podcasts. Emotionally speaking, if I see someone who is living with a lid tight on top, it immediately makes me wonder, what is it that is being kept in the pot? And so one has to go and go back in, in time. Otherwise, he comes across as slick and everything rolls off of him. And I'm not sure that that's the true story. That is the quality, that is the affect that emanates from him, but that's not the whole person. I, the more I ask him to speak, and the more he stays on the same note, he has told me everything in exactly the same note. There is just no modulation, even in his voice. And for me, that is such a giveaway. When the voice does not have any modulation, it tells me how everything had to be flattened. And things get flattened often after they have been overwhelming. So keep going. Because it's not so simple. You have your, you have your resentments and you have your, your complaints and you have the things for which you have stayed out of the house for the past two years. And they're not just about, I want to be non-monogamous. They have to do with what you felt in relationship to her, mm -hmm. in which you felt that you were the battery pack. Yeah. And at work, because she has a set of skills that are so unique and separate and differentiated from you, this is finally a place where you can rely on her for something. Mm -hmm. To the point where you say, don't even show me, do it yourself, because that's the level at which you rely. And it's such a relief mm -hmm. to have her excel and you be able to say to her, do it. Mm -hmm. Are we getting somewhere? I mean, it's... Uh with you we are, I mean, it's stuff that we've talked about before. I mean, it's not, this isn't like new, I get breaking it. news. So keep um, going and bring up the new thing that you have not said. There's a lot here and I, I've been I very mean, patient, but that was, <laughs> now you're gonna have to no, I mean, accelerate. It, it, this is, um, I appreciate that you're doing like all these things on your own and everything. Um, and you're like, you're, you're living a little bit but I mean, there's, there's still so many things. I'll give you an example. Something that pissed me off so much the other day, pissed me off to where <laughs> what I wanted to do was just go out, get my car and leave, is I love, I love messing with everybody. I love talking to everybody. I love, I love it. That's me. We went out to dinner the other night and, and then when we went in, I started messing with the, the waitress right away and I'm like, because the waitress was uh, like just real happy all the time. And I was like, 
And I was like, kind of just having fun with them. Like, wow, hey, how are you? You know, like really going. And, and for me, that was just a lot of fun. But you did a mom move there and you said, stop. Okay, that's enough. That's enough. But you know what? It wasn't enough for me. I wasn't done. I was having fun. And you said, nope, nope, you have to stop having fun now. And you do that all the time. You always were the person to keep me in check. Like you had to, you had to pull me back. Like, nope, 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 no, yeah, that's enough fun. That's enough fun. And I, I got to tell you, like not being around you, like being able to like go out, like, you know, go to, go to a restaurant somewhere, like go in and start talking to people. It's so much fun. But you say, no, no, you got to stop doing that. Why? Why? If you don't like it, that just means you don't like me. If you're saying to somebody, no, change that about yourself. Okay, and then change this and then do this. Like, just, just give up. Like, you don't, it's a whole package or no package. Like, that's literally the way I look at it. Like, it's just, is that enough emotion? It's better. Sorry. That's what I really, I really do feel like that. And you can't say to her at that moment, I'm not done and continue? Well, no, because, because if I do that... Because she killed it? Yeah. Yeah. yeah it's dead. It's dead. It's over. And when you say mom move, it's the container? Yeah. It's like, okay, you're, you've had enough fun. Now you need to stop. The key sentence of this whole vignette is you did a mom move on me. I was experiencing joy. It doesn't matter the specifics of the flirting of the waitresses. I experienced something, and you put the lid on me. And this is where I begin to see the connection between his own relationship history and how he hears his wife and how he reacts to what his wife says and does to him and how the various stories of his childhood and his present come together. And you can't just say, Han, it's okay, I'm having my fun. You have your drink, I have my fun. You can't um, just simply assert yourself without either... I couldn't in the past, no. Ah. No, I couldn't. In the past, I because? just... Um, I will always be the one to give up. I'll always give up first. And I think the reason for that is because of my mom. Because when one time I came home, I was eight years old, and I was complaining about this kid at school that always was in the karate and would hurt me. And I was complaining about it, and I was told right there, I can't hear, I can't listen to this anymore. I don't want to hear complaints anymore. I'm not going to listen to you if you don't have something good to say. And um, um, it was a combination of that, and literally she was like anti-sexual. Like she wanted nothing to do with sex at all. Like we never talked about it. It was something you avoid it with everything in you. Um, so I basically just, I developed this second half of me where I, I would be myself over here, but then give my mom whatever she wanted. Like I would be the person that she wanted me to be. I really wasn't, but I got really good at faking it. As I listen to him, one thing becomes imminently clear is that in the marriage, his wife has slowly become a representation of his mother. On both fronts, the person 
who squishes him and puts the lid on him, and the person who is intensely anti-sex. And I finally understand what sex means for him and why non-monogamy is so important to him because the non-monogamy becomes the marker of showing that I will never just have one woman put all the rules on me. So if I multiply them, I set the rules. At work, he has a differentiated sense of her. And therefore, she can shine and he can comfortably rely on her and they can be wonderful business partners. So when she says, stop doing that, instantly, I'll stop. Because it's like, okay, it's not worth, it's not worth making her uncomfortable. But by doing that over 10 years, I'm just, I'm always giving myself up. I'm not being myself. Except in the affairs. They yeah. become the place where you don't have to be curtailed, contained, or present a false self. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I'm very used to having secrets. Mm-hmm. It's like ingrained in me. It's almost, it's almost uncomfortable to not have a secret. Yes, that's a piece you will need to learn, by the way. In any relationship you will be oh, I in. I know, I know. I'm that, getting there. That package just lives with you. That doesn't stay. That doesn't belong just to this marriage. Mm-hmm. Oh, I know. So she relies on you for more than you care to, but you parade for her and placate her more than she cares to. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know how to not do that. Okay, so. It's like what I do. Yes, but if she's about to become more independent and have a life of her own and decide which restaurant she wants to go on her own, then you have to work on not placating. I am. Meaning that those are fundamental ingredients if you're going to stay a couple. Mm -hmm. Somehow... They don't interfere in your being a business couple or business partners. Somehow. Because the, defend- the dependency is different mm-hmm. and the- or the interdependence is different. Mm-hmm. Her skill set is so differentiated from yours and yours from hers that you don't experience her being too dependent and you don't experience him being too fake. You get the authenticity you don't get at home and you get the confidence you don't get at home. Mm -hmm. At this moment, I'm well aware that we are arriving at the end of one session and that there are still many things to cover and uncover here. So I'm thinking about what is a place of departure that each of them can take in the hopes that they can either preserve, protect their relationship, their romantic relationship, and improve it, knowing that at this moment, the professional partnership, the business partnership is likely only to continue if the marriage does. Can I Mm. throw one out? Sure. You know how the entire session he's had his hand on you? Yes. On occasion, at home, Just take the hand under your shirt. (laughs) 
while you're telling him about the stuff you've been doing. Okay. <laughs> Can you be that bold? Yeah. Yeah. I'm not as, I'm, I'm not, I think his perception of me is different than what is actually me. I am, I would agree. And if you can do that one in the office, because <laughs> you're the only ones who are actually allowed to have an affair in the office. <laughs> I mean, come to think of it, you are co-owners right. who happen to also be partners in life. They can, they, they, they're not even transgressive if they have an affair in the office. But that's what you need to, that's the energy. Mm. Esther Perel is a best-selling author, speaker, and host of the podcast, Where Should We Begin? To learn more about Esther Perel's world, to sign up for her newsletter, or to apply to be on the podcast, go to estherperel.com slash housework. Housework is produced by Magnificent Noise for Gimlet and Esther Perel Productions. Our production staff includes Eric Newsom, Eva Wolchover, Destry Sibley, Alex Lewis, Kristen Muller, and our coordinating producer is Lindsay Rutowski. Our recording engineer is Noriko Okabe, and Damon Whittemore is our mix engineer. The theme song was written by Doug Slaywin, and the executive producers of How's Work are Esther Perel and Jesse Baker. We would also like to thank Nazanin Rafsanjani, Matt Lieber, Darian LeBeach, Courtney Hamilton, Kelly Rose, Nick Oxenhorn, Dr. Guy Winch, Paul Schneider, Thomas Curry, Shani Avaram, and Jack Saul. What does it take to be an entrepreneur, and how is it changing in our ever-evolving business landscape? This is Scott Galloway, host of the Prop G Podcast, and an entrepreneur myself. Right now, we've got a special three-part series running all about the future of entrepreneurship. We're answering your questions on work-life balance, how to raise capital for your business, and more. Because when you're an entrepreneur, it's always important to look ahead at what's to come. So tune in to the future of entrepreneurship of Prop G Pod, special sponsored by Mercury. You can find it on the Prop G Pod feed or wherever you get your podcasts.